have for you called Set Free, and I'm so glad that you're here to be part of it. This is a series, so over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at how you and I can be set radically free. And I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, I am already free. It's not like I just busted out of the Gunnison Jail to run over to Bethany and get free donuts. That may be true, it may be true, but I want you to know that there are other ways to be in prison than being behind bars. In fact, the most common and some of the most powerful prisons are on the inside of us, not on the outside of us. For instance, you could be in a relationship that feels like a prison, right? Maybe it's abusive, maybe it's dysfunctional. You feel like you're trapped and you can't get out of it. You can't go on with it. And, and that feels like a prison. You could be in debt so much that it feels like you're in jail to that debt. And, and many of you know what that feels like. You can be imprisoned by habits and addictions. Those are some of the most common prisons. You could be uh, in jail and imprisoned by an addiction to, to cutting or alcohol or drugs or porn. And, and that can feel so strong that you doubt you can ever break out. You can feel like you're in the prison of unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic expectations um, of other people on you. I mean, I have grown friends who have long since moved out of their um, parents' basement who are still trying to shake and be free from the expectations of their parents. That can be uh, a prison. Guilt, shame, and regret. Those can be some of the most, in fact, uh, many of us are in that prison this morning of guilt, shame, and regret. That can seem impossible to get free from. So that's what we're going to be doing in our Set Free series. Um, and I want to tell you, Ed Howard, would you stand up? That's Edward Howard. Edward Howard is uh, one of our elders, and he's in charge of our Celebrate Recovery program. And tons of people are finding freedom through that program. And if, if you want to know more about it, I encourage you to go, go say hello. And, and a, lot of, a lot of people here who have been blessed in, in many ways by Celebrate Recovery. But if you hang with us through Set Free over the next several weeks, you are going to get set free from insecurity, worry and anxiety, being overwhelmed, the power, penalty, and presence of sin in your life, your past, and appetites, and addictions, and there's more. But there's something that you and I need to do first. We need to do this before we do any of that, because this is at the very heart of the power of Easter. This morning, we are going to get set free from hopelessness. Hopelessness. Because all the prisons that we talked about, don't they first do that to you? Right? Don't they? They first steal your hope. That this is the way I am. This is how things are going to be. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to get out of this. They steal your hope. So we are going to be set free from hopelessness. So what does finding hope have to do with Easter? Only everything. Only everything. I'll show you. But because what we need, what we need here is a supernatural hope. Right? We don't need a normal kind of cross your fingers, knock on wood, grit your teeth, kind of hope it goes well hope. 
right? We need, we need supernatural hope. So I'm going to ask you that we begin um, and, and we pray for supernatural hope, okay? So if you're at all open to the possibility that there might be supernatural hope for you, um, I'm going to ask you to join me in saying this. We're going to pray this out loud, okay? Ready? Here we go. Jesus, okay, let's pause. Um, because some of us didn't get the snap count, right? Okay, Omaha, we ready. We're ready, right? Look, let's just be honest. You came to church on Easter, right? You have to be open to the possibility that God's going to show up. And if he does, I don't want you giving him the silent treatment. Okay, he did show up. He is here. Okay, ready? So here we go, all together. Ready? Jesus, please open my eyes that I might see you. Open my ears that I might hear you. Open my heart that I might receive you. Be set free and receive supernatural hope in you. In your beautiful name, amen, amen. If you prayed that and you meant that, then buckle your seatbelts because Jesus is about to rock your world with supernatural hope. Easter celebrates the ultimate supernatural hope. It is the most important event in recorded or unrecorded human history. Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Jesus' resurrection for the Why is that full of supernatural hope? Because God loves you. He loves you so much that he came on a rescue mission for you. He came on a rescue mission for you. And Jesus made some incredible promises to you and to me and to everybody that filled everybody with incredible hope. You've heard of Incredible Hulk? This is the Incredible Hope. Now, he said these things. Listen, look, Jesus said he would give us new, overflowing, ever-increasing, never-ending life. And like, these are on your worksheets. And I put the, the references down so that they're so incredible. You can go on your own time and look them up and make sure I'm not making this up. Jesus said that, right? He promised that. Jesus went on. He said he would fill us with joy, his joy, overflowing joy. Jesus said that he would never leave us, that he would carry our burdens, and that he would restore our souls. That's a pretty incredible promise, wouldn't you say? Jesus said he would allow us to know God personally and become beloved children in God's family. You ever want to be part of the royal family? Here it is. You're in. Right? You got Jesus. You're in. Not the one with Meghan Mark. Better than that. Right? You're in. Jesus said he is the living water that would never leave us thirsty. Jesus said he is the bread of life that would satisfy us when nothing else will. The promises continue. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life that we are searching for in everything else but never finding. Jesus said he would set us radically free, ultimately free, deeply free. Jesus said he would take all our sin away from us, keep no record of our wrongs, and credit to us his righteousness. That is huge. So no matter what you've done, no matter how long you've been tangled up in it, and no matter who you've been doing it with, you can be forgiven and radically free now and forevermore. That's a promise. In other words, Jesus let himself 
be treated by God the Father as you and I deserve. Guilty and deserving death. So that God the Father would treat you the way Jesus deserved. Beloved and blameless and blessed. That is a gift worth celebrating. So those are promises. And those promises were so incredible that they inspired everybody to hope. To inspire everybody with all the hope in the world. But here's the thing. To accomplish that. To deliver on those promises. Jesus says, I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to take your guilt. I'm going to take your shame. I'm going to take your regrets. I'm going to take your hurts. I'm going to put them on myself. And then he carried them to the cross. And on the cross, he let them destroy him rather than let them destroy you. And they did. And he died. And so did our hope. Jesus died and hope died with him. Dead people can't set you free. Dead people can't give you new life filled with hope. But that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 28. Now the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. How would you like to be the other Mary? Huh? You know, that other one. Mary Magdalene, the other Mary. Maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like you're forgotten. You're not. You're in this. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. This is the angel. This is not even Jesus. Jesus made that look like nothing. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greet, and you can, read, you can meet the risen Jesus. In fact, there, there are people throughout this room and throughout this world who will tell you that they don't just believe because they have read it here. They believe because we have met the risen Jesus. And you can too. He met them, he said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. And that isn't even the end of the story. Jesus rose from the dead victorious over everything that he took from you to put on himself death, sin, guilt, hell, the grave, evil, regret. He's victorious over anything or everything that could hold you back, hold you down, hold you imprisoned. He is stronger. He is victorious. He offers that victory to you. Everything he said is true. Everything he promised is bankable. He has risen. He has delivered. Let him deliver you.
That is what is obvious. That's what we make such a big deal about Easter. The resurrection is everything. Jesus is alive so your hope can be alive. Let's put it in, in human terms. It's like you going to purchase something that is ridiculously expensive, way beyond your credit limit. I don't know what this is, but you do. And you take out your best credit card, and you know it's not, and you put it in, and you stand there, and you wait, and you sweat, and you worry, and you dance a little bit, you watch the screen, and then all of a sudden, you see that word, approved, approved. It went through, baby. You're getting the receipt, you're going to sign that, and that's great. That's great, but it's not ultimate. You know why? Because you get to leave with that item, but that bill is following you. It is coming to your house, and it is. that's why this is so much better. All that debt, all, that, all of that, that is not coming back. Jesus paid it in full. You are not getting a bill for that. The hymn says Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. In him, you don't have a rap sheet. You don't have a yesterday to, to feel bad. You don't have that. You are set free. You are set free. You are set free. Jesus is risen and hope is alive. And, and the, the transition from darkness to light, from hopelessness to hope, author Bob Goff put it this way. Because Jesus is alive, your hope is alive. He put it this way. Darkness fell. His friends scattered. Hope seemed lost. But heaven just started counting to three. Right? And that is here. And Jesus is alive. And he is resurrected. Jesus is alive. Your hope is alive. And the Easter promise is that you can have the living hope of Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ. And this truth made the Apostle Peter, made the Apostle Peter almost explode with joy. Check, check this out. Here's, here's what he wrote. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's just rejoicing on paper here. According to his, what are those words? Great mercy. Okay, you got a, you got a paper, one of those free golf pencils we just gave you. Circle those two words, great mercy. Great mercy. Because I'm, I'm a man who needs great mercy. I don't need little mercy. I need great mercy. And God is a God of great mercy. God is all about mercy. He's not about merit, right? He's about mercy. He's about not giving us what we deserve, right? He's about giving us what we don't deserve. That's grace. But he's about great mercy. So he's for you if you're like me. And you've got a past. He's, he's ready to be about great mercy. And he has caused us, according to his great mercy, caused us to be born again. Two other words right there. You need to start born again. Born again, that means not going back into your mom and doing the hospital thing. over. This means being a new man, being a new woman, created again in God, in a relationship with him, not separated from him, not like we were before. This isn't just new and improved. This is brand new, the way he created you to live. This is born of the Spirit. This is born to relationship in that family, with that Savior, with that freedom, with that hope. 
You need to be born again. And by, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a what? Say it with me. Living hope. Those are the last two words. I'm asking a circle. Living hope. Living hope. You don't need a dead hope. You don't need a microwave warmed up hope. You don't need a borrowed hope. You don't need a dead. You need a living hope. We need a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That is our living hope. He is our living hope. And you can have that living hope. Yes, you can. Here we go. In other words, because Jesus is alive, your hope is alive. And in Jesus, you can have a living hope in a living God and Savior, which is all you need to live the hope-saturated life He created for you to live with Him radically free and infinitely loved. That's what Easter is all about. That's what we celebrate. So, who needs a living hope? Who needs a living hope? Everybody. We all do. We all do. Maybe somebody stole your hope. Maybe somebody stole your hope because you were in a relationship that mattered to you. You got betrayed or you got abused or you got rejected or you got put down and you were hurt. If somebody stole your hope, you need a living hope and you can have a living hope. Maybe, maybe you gave up on hope. You've been to hope too many times. You've been disappointed too many times. You've hoped in things. You've hoped for things. They didn't come through. But you gave up on hope some time ago. And if that's you, you need a living hope. And you can have that. Maybe for some of you, I know this is true, your hope died. So your hope died when, when someone you love died. Or when a dream that you cherished died. Your hope died. And if your hope died, my friend, you need a living hope. And you can have a living hope. Maybe you feel like you're beyond hope. You feel like you're beyond hope because there's something in your past. You have regrets. And you just feel like you're beyond hope. But you're not beyond hope. You need a living hope. Maybe you're the cause of lost hope. Maybe you're the reason. And I just want to say that if you're holding on to something that you've done that you cannot forgive yourself for and you feel like you don't deserve hope, you, you're disqualified from living hope, you are not. The cross, Jesus' cross is more powerful. His blood, his ability to forgive, more powerful than anything. Look at the losers who followed him. Paul wrote most of the gospel, most of the New Testament. Killed people for believing in Jesus. Have you done that? No. Most of you know. Some of you know. If you can forgive that, the guy standing in front of you has more to confess than you. And he can wash me clean. He can wash you clean. And you can have a living hope. You are not beyond it. But, but I want to show you how to do this. I want to show you how to get living hope. 
and then we're going to get out of here. We got baptisms to do. We got, we got stuff to do. There's two things you got to know. We're going to have this living hope in Jesus Christ. Number one, to be set free from anything. This is just logic, right? To be set free from anything, you need someone or something that is stronger than what is holding you down and holding you back and holding you captive. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, but some of you are thinking this. No, uh-uh. Uh-huh. I can get free myself. Look, let's get honest. Then church is a perfect place to get honest. If that were true, if you were strong enough, you'd be free already. But you're not. And that's not reason for shame. That's reason for hope. Stop claiming you can get free yourself. Stop claiming you can get free yourself. Here's the truth. That if you could get free yourself, if you could have living hope, if you could experience this life in any way other than Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he could have stayed home. He didn't have to come for you, live for you, die for you, suffer for you, and rise for you. But he did because you can't. And now you can because he did. Amen? You could have this living hope. Jesus is the only one strong enough to set you free from whatever is holding you prisoner, even if that's yourself. And yourself is one of the answers on your worksheet. Who loves you? Okay. So Jesus said this, and you can bank on this. So if the Son, Son is capitalized, who do you think he's talking about? Himself. Jesus said, so if I set you free, you are truly free, deeply free, radically free, forever free, all the free you can ever handle. You are free and filled with living hope because he loves you. Number two, so he's stronger. You need something stronger than you, something stronger than what you've been hoping in. Number two, you got to realize that what you're hoping in is greater and more important than what you're hoping for. You tracking with me? Who your hope is in is more important than what you're hoping for. And we, we do a whole lot of thinking about what we're hoping for. We don't do a whole lot of thinking about what we're hoping in. So I'm about to ask you three questions. The first two are going to be really easy for you to answer. But the third one is going to determine whether you get and have living hope in Jesus Christ. Here are the questions. Number one, whoa, this is what I need hope for. It's easy because you know. You obsess about this. Maybe you pray about this. You work toward this. You think about this. You worry about this. What I need hope for in my life. What is that? Second question, this is pretty easy too. This is who or what I was placing my hope in. What was going to deliver number one for you? What was going to deliver number one for you? That's what we were placing our hope in. What is that? Is that faith? Is that you? Hard work? Is that luck? Is that other people coming through for you? Is that money? Is that I, It could be good things. It could be bad things. Here's the third one, and this is where it all hinges. I am now, now, placing my hope in this. I am now placing my hope. And this is the invitation for you to place your hope in Jesus Christ, to place your living hope 
in Jesus Christ. If you choose to put your hope in Jesus Christ, you will have all the hope that you need. The promise and the prayer from Scripture is this. May the God of hope. Like, you're coming to the right place if you need hope. He's the God of hope. Right? Fill you with all joy and all peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in you to make you abound in hope. That means you have more hope than you know what to do with. Can you handle that? The God of hope, the inventor of hope, the fountain of hope, the source of all hope, the poor of wants to pour into you his joy and his peace so that you can have faith and believe and by the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, you would abound in hope. You would be unstoppable in love and grace and joy and peace. Unstoppable. You could walk through anything with that kind of hope. And that is exactly the kind of hope that is offered to you. And in order to have this, you got to do two things. you got to receive Jesus Christ as your living hope. You have to receive Jesus as your living hope. And you got to take that living hope and place all that living hope right back on Jesus Christ. And guess what? He's going to keep giving you more and you're going to keep trusting Him with it. The Bible calls that the peace that others think is stupid. Right? The peace that passes understanding. That's what you need with what you're facing. That's what you need for your life. That's what you need for eternity. That's what you need. And, and he is going to deliver. Final question, then we're going to pray. Which are you going to allow the power to run your life? Your hope in Jesus or your hurts? Okay. He's offered living hope. We need the living hope. Let's go get it. Let's pray. Make this your prayer. Lord Jesus, I have come running low or running out of hope. And you offer me through the power of your resurrection. You have offered me living hope. Lord, that is what I need. You are who I need. By your mercy, cause me to be born again into a living hope in you, Jesus, because I believe, I believe that you took my sins and everything that holds me down onto the cross, onto yourself, and died there as my substitute, as my Savior in my place. You took it for me, and you rose victorious for me. And Lord, you offer me that living hope. And right now, for that thing that I'm hoping for, for my life, for the things I don't even know to hope for, and for everything, I need your living hope. I ask you to come into my life or refill me if I already belong to you. And Lord, let me trust you and hope in you. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen.